Welcome to the Wisdom and Wellness Parsha podcast, a weekly Eden Center podcast featuring Rabbanit Shani Tarragon with insights from the Parsha about women's health, relationships, mikveh and well-being. This podcast is hosted by the Eden Center that is transforming the mikveh experience by educating women how to use mikveh as the natural platform it is to connect to women's health, well-being and healthy relationships. Read our weekly blogs on a range of fascinating topics, download our wonderful publications, learn about our Balaniyot and Kala teacher trainings, and support us at theedencenter.com. Hello, this is Naomi Marmon Grummet, the Eden Center's founder and director, welcoming you to Eden's Wisdom and Wellness for Women weekly Parsha podcast. This week, unfortunately, Shani lost her voice, and so she hasn't been able to record a podcast. So I'm going to be sharing with you some of my thoughts on this week's Parsha, Parsha Teruma. In the Parsha, we read for the first time about the construction of the Mishkan. We actually introduced to the concept of the Mishkan and told about its building in great detail. And we learn that the Mishkan is designed to bring the Shekhinah into the community of Am Yisrael. But how does the physical structure and design of the Mishkan lend to our understanding of the Shekhinah dwelling within? A few years ago, I read an article by Miriam Hoffman entitled The Architecture of a Ritual that really piqued my interest. The article discusses the ability of architecture to convey a message and particularly how the construction of sacred spaces can influence our experience of a physical location that's meant to be used for ritual or prayer, something that brings us closer to the spiritual, and the impact that can have on us and what we experience there. And it goes on to discuss how the experience of a building shapes our behavior and the emotional experience in that space. In that article, Miriam Hoffman explores, for example, how Gothic cathedrals were built with soaring ceilings that conjured up the immensity of heaven, and how they employed colorful and bright stained glass windows to evoke the feeling of the divine light pouring in from above. She points out that when those cathedrals were built, most of the people who worshipped there were actually living in single-room wooden or mud houses that didn't have windows at all. So the architecture of their place of worship really underscored a feeling of the awe and the wonder of heaven, bringing an immense amount of light into their prayers. So what can we learn from the focus on the details in the Mishkan's construction? Lahavdil to the cathedral, I believe that the details of the Mishkan actually help us to understand the intention of this sacred space and the message of the divine Shekhinah resting within. In fact, I think that's exactly what the Midrash in Shemot Rabbah 33.4 tries to convey. The Midrash teaches how the Mishkan reflected all the things in heaven, and the Midrash goes through every detail, describing how each aspect of the Mishkan represents another aspect of the heavens, whether it's the veil that divides between the Kodesh and the Kodesh HaKadoshim, which the Midrash parallels to the rakia that divides between the water above the firmament and the water below, or whether it's the krashim, the acacia wood boards that surround the Mishkan, that the Midrash says correspond to the srafim who 
stand tall surrounding Hashem in heaven, just like the Krashim stand around the Mishkan. According to that Midrash, each part of the Mishkan physically represents another aspect of heaven. And the idea of creating a structure that would create space within our community for the Shechina. The Torah, starting in Parshat Truma, but continuing next week and later in the Torah, goes into great detail to discuss every aspect of what is needed within the Mishkan. The measurements, the materials, the interplay of all the parts of the Mishkan. And those details, I think, model for us the attention and hard work, the process and means of creating an atmosphere that welcomes the Shekhinah. Because it's not just that the Mishkan represents God's presence here, but the process of creating it, the fine print and the attention to details, that's what serves as what is needed to invite Hashem into our world and really welcome the Shekhinah. We all have examples in our lives, I think, when we're excited for some event and we make sure to plan every detail. Some of my friends do it for a simcha, from making the logo and picking color schemes to planning what guests will take home. Others concentrate on every detail of a work presentation, making sure the slides are perfect and things are properly aligned. Others I know take time to check whether the curtain will hit the floor or they place an accent on their hors d'oeuvre so it looks gorgeous on the plate at Shabbat lunch. Because the details of the event or a space is part of what makes the experience all the more special and allows us to express how important it is. If we go back to the idea of the Mishkan and its setting, when I envision the desert and the Jews trekking, trekking through it in these parashiyot, there's just this huge expanse of sand and you look out at all the sameness and what Hashem was having us do in building the Mishkan within that vast space was creating a space for ourselves of taking our values of community, of Kedusha, of connecting to Hashem and placing a physical structure to express that unity of values within the vastness. And in our lives today, there is the vastness of so many competing values, not necessarily as plain as the desert, but giving us the idea of building a space within the openness is what I think the Mishkan was trying to do. And in our lives today, there is the vastness of so many competing values, not necessarily as plain as the desert, but giving us the idea of building a space within the openness, within the expanse of the world around us, helps us focus on those things that we value. And we can hone in on them. I know that when I take out my grandmother's dishes and use them, or I hang a picture that we took on a family trip, I'm sending a message of our values. That Not to say that all we enjoy materially has to be ultra significant, but the values we have are expressed in what we build. If the Mishkan represents the idea of bringing the Shechina into the community, the home represents the idea of bringing the Shechina into our family, of a Mikdash Me'at that allows the Shechina to dwell within us, 
just like the Mishkan can bring the Shekhinah into the community of Am Yisrael, the home can bring the Shekhinah into our families. Our home, our Mishkan Ma'at, allows us to invite the Shekhinah into our lives and our family. And if we parallel our physical homes to that of the Mishkan, then I would say that beautifying our homes, taking the time to create an atmosphere through the details of what we put in, whether it's the couches or the dishes and the lighting, those things are what allows us on a physical level to make our house warm and welcoming, to turn it from a physical structure that shelters us from the elements to a home in which we can find ourselves and invite Hashem in as well. And if the Torah focuses on all that detail to make the Mishkan welcome Hashem, then we have to also focus on taking care of our homes. And taking that one step further, we have to do that same thing with our physical bodies, taking care of ourselves and our physical bodies to welcome Hashem and the Tzalem Elohim that exists within us. And that can mean exercise or eating well, taking care of ourselves in any way, creating a space and time which you give yourself as a mental health break or, or just making time for a pap smear or a mammogram, sometimes just enough to check in with yourself. If the Mishkan represents the idea of bringing the Shekhinah into the community, what enables that process is the concept of Tahara, of purity. Later, Parshiot will again and again reinforce that to enter the Mishkan, the Kohen or any other person entering needed to be Tahor. Tahara is a precondition for the Shekhinah to dwell in the Mishkan. And in fact, there are many halachot given in detail throughout Sefer Vayikra about how we achieve the Tahara that serves as the basis for our ongoing relationship to the Shekhinah with the mikvah being one part of that process. But the steps to tahara are detailed, they're complicated and demanding, but they also serve as the foundation for that ongoing entry of Hashem's presence into the community of Am Yisrael. And just like in the Mishkan, where there's a lot of hard work and details to reach the level of purity to bring the Shekhinah, so too in our families and relationships, we enable the process through the tahara of the mikvah. That process is a hard work, which I would say we're not always enamored with, but it allows us to bring the shechina into our lives and our intimate relationships. The work of the Eden Center is aimed at enabling tahara, not as an end in and of itself, but as a means to the goal that is much greater the goal of allowing for the divine to enter our lives, for divine goodness to fill our intimate relationships and our relationship with our bodies. That's why the Eden Center works hard to connect women's health and intimacy education with the concept of mikvah as part of the goal of achieving the broader sense of tahara, which is the foundation for a healthy home and healthy family. Going to the mikvah is not just about filling in a physical checklist, but it's about reminding a woman to be introspective, educated, and healthy, to explore her body, her relationships, and connect to Hashem as a woman and a wife. The preparations required for the mikvah provide the opportunity for us to concentrate on our bodies 
and on our physical and mental self. It's a time when we have to check our bodies from head to toe. And if we're able, we can use the preparation time to get in touch with our bodies and our needs. I was drawn to Miriam Hoffman's discussion of the architecture of ritual because she discusses there how she thinks that the architecture of the mikvah can influence our experience. And she discusses the idea of reimagining the possibility of what mikvah might be and that the space should reflect its status as a sanctuary of feminine spirituality and wellness because healthy women are the foundation for healthy families and healthy families build stronger, healthier communities. Through my work in Eden, I see how mikvah can be a space that provides the opportunity to feel kedusha. On the one hand, of course, we should be tailoring our mikvah to be beautiful and inspiring spaces, the physical aspect of which reflects our worth as women. But it shouldn't end there. Mikvah allows us the opportunity to connect to ourselves, to take time to concentrate on our own needs and the needs of our relationship. Mikvah then connects the Tselem Elohim of our spiritual beings with the physical kedusha of our bodies. It allows us to be mindful and to check in as we literally go over every part of our body. And it highlights in a very powerful way that we should love and embrace our bodies just as the mikvah waters embrace our fully naked and beautiful being, devoid of external coverings and chatzitzot. I want to invite you to take a second to think. What would make your home space or your mikvah more conducive to connecting with Kedusha? What do you picture when you close your eyes? Is it something physical or taking time for yourself? Is there a smell or a memory that elicits that feeling? Is there a practical way that you can evoke a sense of the Shekhinah in your life and particularly in the mikvah? A carefully fashioned space, whether it's the mishkan, our home, or the attention we give to our bodies, has the power to nourish and shelter, inspire and heal. Let us use the lessons of Parashat Truma, of the intentionality in the building of the mishkan, to recognize the impact that our physical spaces can create in contributing to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health, and take those messages into our families, our homes, and into our community. I want to close by inviting you to a special evening that the Eden Center is hosting at Habima Theater in Tel Aviv next week, Tuesday, March 3rd at 8 p.m., for a performance of Hadar Galron's award-winning play, Mikvah, which explores some of the interplay between the physical space of the mikvah and the feelings that are elicited in it. It takes a serious look at issues that arise within our community, and it asks how we as a society, and mikvah attendants in particular, can take a part in addressing some of the most challenging issues that face our community. After the show, there's going to be an exclusive post-show discussion with the actresses, with Revenant Johnny Tarragon and Sarah Segelkatz and myself, exploring themes that arise around mikvah and the complex relationship we have with it. 
So I invite you to purchase tickets or take a sponsorship for that evening, um, both of which you can do at bit.ly backslash mikvah, M-I-K-V-E-H, capital H-I-B-I-M-A, mikvah habima. I really hope to see you there and wishing you a Chodesh Tov and Shabbat Shalom. This week's podcast is sponsored by the Pinsky family. In loving memory of Haley Varenberg, a true Eshet Chayel will be dearly missed. Please consider sponsoring a podcast in honor of someone for a refuah shlema or as a way to say thank you. I love you or you are missed. It's easy to do on the Eden Center website.